E-A-B-L-E-S. Ebels. Remember that name because if you suffer from chronic joint and muscle pain like me, then Ebels Broad Spectrum CBD Oil is your answer to your prayers. The Ebels story began with the search for something natural to help manage chronic migraines. But Ebels helps more than just migraines. From managing chronic pain, anxiety, depression, and more, Ebels is truly a game changer in the natural alternatives to big pharma drugs. And yours truly, Brian Nichols, here on The Brian Nichols Show, can indeed vouch for the quality of Ebels. Having a herniated disc in my back, coupled with years of sports injuries, I was struggling to find something, anything to help manage my pain. That is until Ebels. With the best quality product and customer service in the industry, Ebels Broad Spectrum CBD Oil and Ebels Freeze Gel easily stand above all the competition. And right now, Ebels is offering a special discount to all members of the Brian Nichols Show audience on all orders. All you have to do is head to Ebels.com and use promo code TB. NS, the Brian Nichols Show, right? TBNS at checkout. That's it. Discount applied. Again, the code is TBNS at checkout to start managing your pain today with the highest quality CBD on the market. One more time, that is code TBNS at checkout. And now, on to the show. Can I pause for a second and just note that uh, we got Brian on here who's getting uh, Congressman Massey on, and our typical lineup includes like homeless people that believe in Bigfoot. <laughs> Welcome to the Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. The Brian Nichols Show is the fastest growing liberty podcast that brings together people from all means of political thought as we seek to have meaningful conversations about the issues you care about. At the Brian Nichols Show, our goal is to leave the audience educated, enlightened, and informed. And now your host, Brian Nichols. Well, hey there, folks. Brian Nichols here on the Brian Nichols Show. Thank you for joining us on today's Friday flagship show. I know it's our first Friday, and we made it through an entire week of video here on YouTube, as well as our traditional podcast. Yes, folks, we're first hearing this airing Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. You get to see the live video version of the program. Uh, But of course, for you longtime listeners, you get to hear The Brian Nichols Show, as always, every morning, Fridays, Wednesdays and Mondays, and here's Friday's episode airing this morning. And what is today's episode? Well, we are talking to Chris Cargill from Free Markets Destroy. Now, you're a libertarian show, Brian. Why are you having somebody talking about free markets destroying things? Well, it's because we're talking about how free markets destroy the bad things that are out there, how we can help destroy poverty, destroy homelessness, all that and more. A great conversation with Chris to be had. So, that being said, on to the show, Chris Cargill here on The Brian Nichols Show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Brian. Absolutely, Chris. Thanks so much for joining the program. And, and thank you for what you guys are doing and helping peak interest. One of the hardest things we talk about here on the program is entering into conversations and making people say, ooh, tell me more. And I'll tell you what, Chris, we'll set the the conversation off here for the audience. I'm scrolling through the uh, the interwebs on on the, the the social medias, and all of a sudden I see this link to a site I had never heard of before. Which shame on me! But <laughs> I go ahead and it said free markets destroy, and I start le- reading more about what you guys were promoting. And y- your first instinct is oh, great, another left wing organization showing how much <laughs> we suck, right? And and then as you start to read, you're like, oh, he's talking about like destroying hunger, destroying poverty. And then my spidey senses started to tingle, Chris. So what you guys are doing, it piqued my interest enough to go ahead and message you guys to see if we'll get you in the program. So Chris, with that being said, 
Welcome to the program, Free Markets Destroy. What got you guys on this awesome venture? Yeah, it's an interesting question and something that, uh, you know, I don't know necessarily that we were thinking would be uh, the, the name of this effort when we started it about a year and a half ago or so. Uh, but it's something that has really, really taken off. And as you said, people all, all across the country are seeing this message. So let me uh, back up and explain what exactly this is and what we're all about. So uh, about a year and a half ago, uh, our organization called Washington Policy Center was trying to figure out uh, ways to speak to young people, specifically uh, uh, people who are 18 to 40, the, the Gen Zs, the millennials, trying to get them uh, to uh, understand the power of the, the free market and capitalism. We're really concerned here in Washington State and nationally by the number of people, specifically young people, who are um, attracted to this idea of socialism or socialist type thinking. Mm -hmm. uh, most of them were born, you know, after the fall of the the Berlin Wall. So they've never really seen a world where socialism has has really taken hold. And and so some of them are really attracted to this idea of everyone getting everything uh, that uh, that socialism provides. We wanted to counter that. We wanted to make sure that we're sending a message to young people about the power of capitalism, the power of the free markets. And so we thought of a couple of different ideas. We thought, well, maybe we should do, you know, this typical red, white, and blue campaign. Capitalism is great. It's all about your freedom, you know, so on and so forth. What we quickly realized, Brian, was that uh, that's the type of message that young people have heard before and they're very skeptical of. Um, and and if, you, if you just try to repeat that message over and over and over again, they're going to come at you with questions of, of why. Uh, or, you know, what are, what are you trying to sell here? They're going to be very skeptical of that messaging. So we were thinking, you know, what is a different way that we can speak uh, to millennials and Gen Zs? And we did a bunch of research on this and came up with this idea uh, based on a, um, a marketing team that we were working with in um, Austin, Texas called Emergent Order. Uh, we kind of put our heads together and they said, why don't we talk about the creative destruction value and role of the marketplace. In other words, all of the bad things that young people love to hate, the free market can destroy them and create something better. And we'll call it free markets destroy. Um, I have to tell you, uh, we were a little bit skeptical <laughs> about that, a little bit uneasy with the destroy message. Is that something we really want to go with? Destroy? Um, so we asked Emergent Order and our team that was working on this to, to take it to social media. Uh, to do what's called a brand lift survey uh, to figure out if this message was really going to work. The results were incredible. I mean, they they put it up on a about a two, two and a half week long test uh, back in March of 2020. So right as COVID was hitting, putting it up uh, on that test and got a five point brand lift uh, on Facebook. Now, if you're familiar, uh, familiar with Facebook social media, I mean, if you can get a, a two, two and a half uh, point brand lift on something, you're doing quite well. That's the that's the platform average. Free markets destroy amongst the targeted demographic, the 18 to 40 year olds, was getting a more than five point brand lift. So wow. that really told us that we were on the right track, that this was the way to speak to young people. And you're right. I mean, it's a little bit of verbal jujitsu, <laughs> you know, where we're where we're saying, yeah, come talk about what the free market destroys. And then we say the bad things that the free market destroys. I mean, we really have a young uh, a problem where a lot of young people in the country are skeptical 
of markets, skeptical of, of capitalism. They're clinging to this idea of socialism. And so we needed a new way to speak with them um, and to speak to them about what's happening with the free market and all the things that they enjoy, their, their iPhones, uh, everything else is really because of the power of the market. So when we're talking in sales, we, we talk about entering into the conversation that people are already having in their mind. And yeah. that's why this works, because you hear your your average person out there and you're specifically mentioning Gen Z here. And you're right. They have been forced fed this this notion Capitalism's evil. Capitalism and money are the root of all evil. So if you're entering into the conversation that they're already having in their mind, mm -hmm. they're already preconditioned to like be empathetic to. In this case, it is the, uh, the 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 first little peak interest. What what is it that's going to get them to say? In this case, tell me more. And right. and then they start to do the research. And and this is the part I love about the website is that it specifically starts going through topic by topic that are the important issues to, in this case, Gen Z. I know climate change was on there, poverty, hunger. So when you're talking to Gen Z, and there's a great book, by the way, Chris, I'm not sure if you've read it. It's called Z Economy from Jason Dorsey. And my audience must be going crazy because they've heard me talk about it a few times <laughs> here in the past few weeks. But it's such an important book because it talks about the way that Gen Z is focusing on these issues, the things that are important to them. And one of the most important lines that came from that book, and you're, you're touching on it here, about, you know, you mentioned the iPhone, right? The iPhone is quite literally the like this deciding thing between our generation being mine, the millennials. And then you look at Gen, or, uh, Gen Z because right. to them, there's never been a world besides a world where, where smartphones exist. And exactly. technology is only new if you don't remember the technology before it. Right. That's exactly. that's that right there. Like for them, that's that's all they know. So if we can almost... <laughs> almost reverse engineer and show them and destroy the, the myths by helping show what we can destroy in this case, poverty, climate change, and so forth. I think they're going to be more preconditioned to at least be empathetic to our messaging and our marketing. Oh, I, I agree completely. I mean, one of the most popular um, ads that we have running is one of uh, that shows blockbuster video and it says the end is just the beginning. I mean, yeah, Blockbuster Video doesn't exist anymore. Actually, okay, there's one store, I think, in Oregon. Uh, they had thousands and thousands uh, across the world and, and nationwide. Now there's one store left, and Blockbuster Video was destroyed. And what did that give us? Well, it gave us Hulu and Netflix right. and right. Amazon Prime and all these different things that we now use that we know is better. Now, some people will say, well, I still like going to Blockbuster. You know, <laughs> I wish Blockbuster was still there. Well, that's good for you, but we evolve, <laughs> you know, we're changing things. And so I, I think, unfortunately, what a lot of our younger generations don't know is that if they want change, if they want to fix what's broken, if they want to move fast, and those are the three things that they, they say they want the most, then the market is actually what does that the quickest. I mean, you can, you can talk about the power of government, you can talk about the power of socialism, but if you want all three of those things, then the market's gonna get you there quicker than anything else. Can you, let's, let's dig into that because right there, and this might be one of the, the areas of disconnect because your average Gen Zer, they're gonna see government, and it's been presented this way throughout their entire education, that government is the means to enact some type of good. Right. We, we've right. we've hear the narrative throughout K-12 and and then 
and I forget the gentleman's name that I had in my program, but he was talking about this where he would he was a substitute teacher and he would you know ask the kids to basically think of a problem and think of a solution. And at the end, he'd say, but you can't use government. You can't write a letter to the mayor. It's got to be in a way that you can do it on your own. And it, the kids were defeated because they were like, I don't know how. But mm-hmm. right there, Chris, we know just looking not just at history, but looking right now what's happening in the marketplace – that not only does the, the marketplace react to what people are more concerned about right now, but also it has the, the the incentive structures in place to try and make sure that that kind of stuff doesn't happen again. Whereas in government, it just gets codified into law and then it's there forever. Right. Exactly right. I mean, think about think about your your television. I mean, a 15 inch RCA color TV in the 1950s would cost you about twelve hundred dollars, a thousand yeah. to twelve hundred dollars. Now you can get a 50 inch or maybe even larger uh, color HD TV with all these features connected to your to your internet, whatever you want to do, connected to your phone for actually a lot less than a thousand dollars, just depending on which which uh, uh, brand you're purchasing. <laughs> so I mean that's just one example. There are numerous other examples. I mean uh, people think about uh, vehicles, hybrid vehicles. Those did not come from the market. Toyota. Honda, or excuse me, those did not come from the government. They came from the market. Toyota, Honda, these companies that came up with hybrid vehicles in really in the 1990s, uh, basically saw a need, saw a want, saw a desire for market uh, for hybrid type vehicles, and took it to the marketplace. Now the politicians then jumped on it after the fact and said, "Oh, we really need more hybrids, and we need electric vehicles, and things like that." But it was the marketplace that provided those things first. Well, and that's the story we need to teach, right? And and this is we. Sorry, folks, we've already heard this story. I know a million times in the show, but how does Gen Z like to think? And and the linear way of selling is gone. It, like right. that died with Gen X and Millennials. The the way of you you presented you know step one you go to the car dealership. Step two you you go around the the, the lot and you look at all the different cars. Step three you sit down with a sales guy and you haggle back and forth. That's mm-hmm. that's all gone because. Yep. Right now, literally, the, the Gen Zers, they can go onto their smartphone exactly. and they can get a car delivered to their house. Right. So instead, they know the end result. They know what the, the actual like end point is going to be. And what we have to do is to make it so it's easier for them to go from point A to mm-hmm. point B in the less amount of steps as possible. So when you go to your website, you make it right there. Homepage. Here are the like five and there's five or six things yep. that are like the top of mind issues. And mm-hmm. for Gen Z... They can go right to those issues. So right now, Chris, and I teased them earlier, healthcare, climate change and such. But what what are you finding that are the number one, number two, number three issues that not just Gen Z, but maybe the folks who are empathetic to the free market destroy approach? What are the issues that they're bringing to you that they actually are concerned about? Yeah, I mean, it's inequality. Um, it's really racism with what's going on right now. It's disease. It's high rents, particularly in communities like Seattle and, and San Francisco and others. It's climate change. You talked about climate change. I mean, uh, poverty is another one. Hunger. I mean, all these different issues. We have, as you mentioned, five different issues on the uh, website where we go in there and we actually talk about uh, the way the free market is destroying those particular problems. And we, we arm people with, with facts. So, I mean, if you want to take these, this information to your, your next family meeting or your Thanksgiving gathering or, or 4th of July barbecue, you can do that just by going to the website. I mean, we're going to be adding probably at least one, maybe two more topics on the website uh, over the summer. Uh, but we really felt those were the five that were of most importance 
um, and really of most importance to our targeted demographic, which was those those 18 to 40 year olds. Um, not everyone's going to necessarily agree with every single thing that's on there, and that's totally fine. Uh, we want to make sure that people are, are armed with facts uh, and have that information at their disposal. So it's really, you know, the website necessarily um, isn't one where you go to for a lot of interactivity per se, but you do go to it for a lot of knowledge. And it's kind of like a, a news magazine and a, a digital news magazine. And it's a great means to get people to ask more questions. Yeah, and exactly. that that's what we need. To, I say we in the greater liberty world, we need to stop being in the mentality of telling people what they need to be concerned about. And rather, and in this case, what you've been focusing on, entering into the conversations that they're already having. Right. What are the issues that are actually resonating between them, their family, their friends, so on and so forth. So let's kind of pick on some of the big issues you, you, you brought up here. And I, I think maybe one of the big ones that a lot of folks in the more conservatarian world that listen to my program are going to be a little, you know, apprehensive when they hear is climate change because right. they've been conditioned and, and candidly, I've been, I would, I won't say a skeptic. I just been more of like a, Hey, maybe we shouldn't be trying to believe that we know everything and we should take like a unilateral approach to things because sure. I mean, just looking at the COVID-19 response, we've seen that that's not necessarily a good idea. You know, just right. one, one size fits all. Um, so climate change, there's been a lot of different conversations that to be had in terms of the best means and the best way to really approach that. So from the free market approach, how can we enter into the conversation that Gen Z is having right now and say, hey, free markets can destroy climate change? Yeah, I mean, I think the hybrid ex uh, vehicle example is is one of the, the, the most perfect examples that we have. But I also think there are a lot of different things that are going on throughout the world that a lot of people don't pay attention to. Different technologies that are be, uh, being put in place in the Pacific Ocean to gather up plastic and different uh, items that are just basically floating in the ocean. There's new uh, technology out of New Zealand and Australia that's doing that to try to clean up areas around uh, the Great Barrier Reef. So uh, there are examples there that are are really pertinent. But I think most importantly, the overall message is, look, whether you 100% agree with climate change or not, the bottom line is that if we're going to spend money on environmental issues, don't you want to spend money on things that work? And most of the things that we're doing as a government, as a nation, to try to address climate change are not working. So every dollar that we spend on a policy that doesn't work is a dollar that we can't spend on a policy that does work. And we know what works. Unfortunately, politicians, bureaucrats like to take that money and spend it and reward allies and don't necessarily do things that will actually fix the environment. And so I really think that that's probably the best message that we can get across you know, no matter what your opinion is on climate change, we all want to protect the environment. And every dollar that we spend on things that doesn't work is a dollar that we can't spend on things that do. And so let's concentrate on the things that, that do work. And those hybrid vehicles, that's a perfect example of that, of giving the marketplace the authority, the uh, autonomy to, to go out there and create these new things. Um, you know, this, this push for electric vehicles is all fine and dandy, but where are we going to get the electricity for those electric, uh, electric vehicles? I mean, hydropower is a terrific option up here in the Northwest, uh, but not everybody has hydropower. So, you, you know, it, it's nice to talk about being able to plug in your car, but where are you going to get the electricity for that particular outlet that's in your garage to plug in your electric vehicle? I think that's an important question that we have to answer. Bingo. I, it's funny. I just had a conversation with Nolan Gray um, and Nolan, we were talking about uh, California is just absolutely crazy environmental laws and how 
of all the great intentions that are behind those laws, they actually end up causing more net negative impacts in yeah. the climate than they otherwise yeah. would. Well, the, the ban on plastic bags is another perfect example of this. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, all these government agencies all across the country say, we need to ban plastic bags. We need to ban plastic bags. Okay, well, what's, what is the cost-benefit analysis here? Well, the UK environmental agency, the Danish uh, environmental agencies, they've, they've all taken a look at this. Scientists at the uh, Oregon State University and in Rhode Island as well, they've all taken a look at this and have said, look, if you ban plastic bags, you actually do more harm to the environment. And the reason for that is because people then use the alternatives, of course. They use these, these paper bags or they use the, the, um, the cloth bags. Well, the, the resources that go into making those cloth bags are more than the resources that go into the plastic bags. So you'd have to reuse the cloth bags somewhere in the neighborhood of 100 to 150 times at last check, I think. I'd have to double check this, but it may even be higher than that just to break even. And the the lifespan of those bags is not that long. So I really think we have to look at things from a cost-benefit analysis and really saying, you know, are we doing more harm than good by adopting some of these policies? Well, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take it a step further, Chris. I sometimes I think we even get to the point where we just start to get in the mentality that well, this just sounds good on paper. Mm -hmm. So I think it must be good if we actually implement it into policy, right? And then we just stop there. Right. <laughs> we we right. leave the conversation at that point instead of looking back and saying, did this work? Yeah, I think that's a perfect, perfect um, segue to, to what I was just going to say. And that is one of the things that we we really push for uh, at Washington Policy Center is making sure that when we are adopting rules and regulations like this, really any law, that, that we have sunset provisions on these things. And the reason for that is that we can go back after five or 10 years or whatever time frame that, that you want to talk about and say, OK, are these policies really working the way we intended them to work? Um, and I think to your point, what unfortunately we're seeing is that there are a lot of politicians who just vote for these things because it makes them look green. You know, it makes them look eco-friendly. Even, even if it's the worst thing for the environment, maybe the label of the legislation is the, the saving the planet in 2021 bill or whatever. I mean, politicians will vote for these things just for the sake of looking green when we really know that some of the things that are in these these bills that are being proposed and these laws that are being passed are actually going to do more harm than good. You mean to tell me that the Patriot Act wasn't just about being a patriot? Chris, <laughs> That's right. come on. You're yes. gonna t now you have a lot of other things you're going to tell me. I'm, I'm assuming they're going to break my heart too. <laughs> I mean, I, I would just say you, you should read past the the title of these bills. Um, and some of them, you know, are a lot of lawyer gobbledygook, but but you can at least gonna kind of get a sense or an idea. Which is what, in going full circle, we have to be able to do. Because looking at currently where we are as not just a, a society, but as a country, is that the up-and-coming generation, they know what they know, and they don't know what they don't know. Yeah. And, and there's a lot that they don't know. And we know why they don't know what they don't know. Um, and if you've heard the word know a lot right here, it's because, well, folks, there's a lot that people need to know they don't know. But here's yeah. what we have to do. And, and this is why I wanted to have you on, Chris, because if we are going to be preachers, people are going to tune out. We need yeah. to be we need to be focusing on being problem solvers. And right. and right now, Gen Z easily, I would say, is the most dare I say empathetic generation. I know empathy on its surface level is not just overtly a good thing, 
but we have to tap into the fact that that's who they are. So they want to know that number one, we do have solutions to the problems that they're, they're presenting, but also they want to know that we care. If, right. if we're not going to enter into conversations showing that we genuinely are concerned about the issues that they actually care about, then they're going to tune us out and they're going to look to other people who are going to be reaffirming those, those, those fears they have and saying, listen, I, I got the answers. And we know what happens when those answers happen to be in terms of government. And it's just going to be codifying more and more of these bad policies. And it's going to harm more people than the policy is supposed to help in the first place. Yeah. So Chris, I say all that we, we unfortunately we're getting close to time already, but I want to make sure we're giving some folks some action items in terms of uh, folks, number one, being able to support the organization, but also, um, you know, as we're looking out there into the future, what can folks do to help get more people asking questions about how the free market can destroy some fun, uh, good stuff? Yeah, I would say go to the Facebook page, go to the Facebook page, like our Facebook page, share it with friends. We've got a couple of great video resources on there explaining what exactly the free market is, uh, explaining uh, free markets destroy. I mean, a bunch of different resources on there. We have these what I call Prager style videos uh, that are on there that talk about the the great things that the or the bad things that the free market is destroying and replacing with much better things, of course. So that's the first thing I'd recommend. Go to the Facebook page like the Facebook page, share the Facebook page. Also on the Facebook page, you will see products alongside uh, the, the bottom left-hand corner. Those products say things like free markets destroy boredom or free markets destroy hunger, poverty, what have you. You can buy one of those products and take it with you. Go out in the public, wear one of those. I can't tell you the number of people who are reaching out to me saying, hey, I wore my free markets destroy uh, sweatshirt at a restaurant the other night or at a bar the other night. And people just looked at it strange. They didn't really understand what it was. It spurred a conversation with them. That's exactly what we need. We need people to go out, actually wear these things, wear the hats, have the water bottle and spur conversations with people who we're trying to reach. Final thing I'd mention, uh, Brian, is to just go to freemarketsdestroy.com, sign up for the uh, what we call the destruction download uh, weekly newsletter. Uh, where we will update you on the great things that the free market uh, is doing a good job of and and replacing with uh, with even better things as as the years and, and months and days uh, wear on here in 2021. Man, Chris, this this is exciting because and as we've been you know doing the Brian Nichols show now for over three and a half years, which has gone by very quickly, um, it's it's exciting to see that we're having more folks bringing ideas like this to the table. And honestly, the fact that now we have platforms like here at the Brian Nichols show to be able to raise up these, uh, these awesome ideas and spread it far and wide. I mean, out there folks, if you are running for office, take these kind of ideas as well and think about how you can implement it into your campaign strategy. This is game changing stuff. And if we actually want to make people's lives more free, well, it requires us to get them to actually be interested. And Chris Cargill, that's what you guys are doing at Free Markets Destroy. I will include the links not only to the uh, the website, freemarketsdestroy.com in the show notes, but as well as the, uh, the Facebook page, which got my interest peaked for sure. So that being said, Chris Cargill, thank you so much for all the work you're doing. And thank you for joining the Brian Nichols Show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Brian. Let's sell liberty and look good doing it with Proud Libertarian. 
folks, when we're selling Liberty, we have to start things off by piquing interest. And what better way to pique some interest than by rocking some amazing apparel from Proud Libertarian. Personally, I'm a huge fan of their Do Good Recklessly t-shirt, but there's more than t-shirts to find from awesome taxationist theft snapbacks to the killer Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death hoodies. Proud Libertarian has all the Libertarian swag you need. And guess what? Brian Nichols Show audience members can rock the latest Libertarian swag and save some cash on every single order. All you have to do, use code TBNS at checkout and you'll get 10% off your entire cart at checkout. That's right. Each time you order, use code TBNS and you'll instantly get 10% off your entire order. Listen, I am super excited to have Proud Libertarian here as a sponsor of the Brian Nichols Show. So do me a favor, head over there to Proud Libertarian, place your order today, use code TBNS at checkout, save 10% on your order and help support libertarian entrepreneurs today. Alrighty, folks, that's going to wrap up my conversation with Chris Cargill from Free Markets Destroy. What a great chance for us to learn how to use some different approaches to marketing and persuasion, piquing people's interests and otherwise some people we wouldn't be having conversations with. So thank you, Chris, for joining the program and helping outline how we can do exactly that. And folks, if you enjoyed today's episode, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Head over to your favorite podcast catcher, number one, and make sure you hit that subscribe button so you're not missing a single episode. Number two, if you are watching the YouTube version, well, please make sure you hit the thumbs up button, 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 and also please make sure you go ahead and uh, get hit that notification button so you're not missing a single episode when we go live every Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday evening to make sure you're catching every single episode before it traditionally airs on the podcast form. Also, folks, if you had not the chance yet, head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and review. And if you want to be a supporting listener of the program, yes, the Patreon, as I mentioned back on our last episode, is alive and well. And of course, you can get one of these awesome Don't Hurt People, Don't Take People Stuff bumper sticker if you are a part of our entry-level sales $5 per month level at the Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash the Brian Nichols show. I will include the link in the show notes, but right now we have two levels, entry level sales. Hey, you're looking to get into the world of sales in Liberty. Well, this is where you want to be because for the entry level tier, you're going to get access to sales masterminds each quarter with yours truly and some special guests to answer all your political sales questions. And also, as I mentioned, you're going to get this awesome don't hurt people and don't take people stuff bumper sticker. And then for $10 a month right now, we have the account executive rollover on Patreon where, yeah, hey, you're maybe wanting to move up the ranks a little bit faster or you want to get involved a little bit more. Well, not only are you going to be getting access to all the entry level perks, but you will also be getting one-on-one calls with yours truly every single quarter answering some questions, really any questions you have, and dig deep into what you have as some liberty opportunities out there. So that's where we're starting off right now, $5 and $10 per month over on the Patreon. Again, I will include that link in the show notes. So folks, if you are looking forward to helping us on this awesome liberty journey of trying to help meeting people where they're at so we can leave folks educated, enlightened, and informed, I would appreciate your help and support. So folks, with that being said, thank you so much for joining us here on the program. Coming up here on Sunday, we are having another fantastic conversation with another fantastic candidate, but this candidate won their election, and it is one candidate, Trisha Butler, who is down in Clarksville, Tennessee, is the council person in the 12th ward, I believe, and she won as a libertarian, so a great conversation coming up here on Sunday. 
do not miss that episode. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Hit that bell on YouTube. But with that being said, folks, it's Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for Chris Cargill from Free Markets Destroy. We'll see you Sunday. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. Audio production for The Brian Nichols Show is brought to you by DB Podcast Audio. Learn more by emailing inquiries to william at dbpodaudio.com.